Hello. Welcome back to Ask Us Anything, where popular science answers your most outlandish, mind-burning questions from what the universe is made of to why not everyone can touch their toes. I'm your host, Claire Maldarelli. And I'm your producer, Jess Bodie. Let's dive into today's question. Yeah, so the people want to know why we don't all grow to be 10 feet tall. A great question. I'm 5'4", which is the mean height for women in the United States, but to be honest, I've always wanted to be just a smidge taller. Like, not, you know, super tall, but just like an inch or two, you know? And while I've never expected to reach basketball player heights, I have wondered, given that my dad is six feet tall, why I maxed out at 5'4", or maybe I should be grateful that given my mom is just shy of five foot one. Clearly, this is a fraught topic, so let's dig in. Welcome back. Today, we're looking into why we don't all grow to be as tall as Abraham Lincoln or Shaquille O'Neal or Maria Sharapova, all those tall people, or our very own producer, Jess Bodie. It's true. I love to be in the company of all those great people. Um, I'm like a little over six foot one. um, And I've always wondered how or like why I got to be so tall. Yeah. Height is one of those things in life that you wish you could control. I wish I could be taller. But unfortunately, it's largely based on your genetics. I will unpack that, of course, for you all. So Over millions of years, natural selection has forged the blueprint for the human genome. It's clear that early humans with certain anatomies were more likely to survive and thrive, thus pushing Homo sapien population to the beautiful shape that it is today. However, evolutionary biologists still have not pinned down precisely why human height settled at about 5 to 6 feet tall. Paleontologists do know that body size and height shifted upward about 2 million years ago when early Homo species evolved from their ancestors, the Australopithecus. As one 2012 study published in the journal Current Anthropology points out, quote, body size is one of the major features that distinguish Australopiths from early Homo and early Homo from Homo erectus. Early Homo species were on average 30% larger overall than the Australopithecus, and Homo erectus reached heights that were pretty close to modern humans. So why did we get so big? Researchers have proposed a number of hypotheses for the spike in body size, from diet to certain environmental factors. One theory posits that our large brains lowered our death rates significantly because we were able to hunt better or hide from predators. Evolutionarily, species with high death rates need to reproduce as quickly as possible, and thus stopping growing early too. With decreased death rates, early homo species didn't need to reproduce as fast, thus giving us more time to grow bigger and taller. It's likely, as the 2012 study points out, some combination of all of these factors made us the height we are today. But exactly why we stopped growing and landed at this particular stature is still a mystery. And it is a fact that we do not grow forever. There's a limited window that we get to spend doing our expanding and elongating. As Molly Glick reported for PopSci previously, we grow quickest as fetuses and the rate of added centimeters decreases after that. Even five-year-olds grow at one-fifth the speed that fetuses grow at. 
That has to do with growth plates. Those are two layers of thick cartilage located at the ends of long bones, such as the femur and tibia. These plates contain cartilage cells called chondrocytes that form the structure and support for new bone tissue, which are created from cells called chondroprogenitors. For infants, those growth plates are highly active, which causes them to produce new osseous material rather fervishly. But the older that baby gets, the more their growth plates activity slows down. And once someone reaches mid to late adolescence, which is approximately age 16 for boys and around age 14 to 15 for girls, or about two years after menstruation begins, that activity ceases completely. However tall that teen is, is where they'll be for life. Unless you shrink, of course. Okay, that makes total sense because I grew to be like over six feet tall in middle school, like at age like... 13 14 and then that's where I stopped <laughs> but I guess I'm wondering like can't you like somehow prevent the growth plates from like ceasing the height growth yeah so enter a sort of can't stop won't stop spurt that would be lovely but it's not exactly how our biology works growth halts because of a predetermined biological mechanism called programmed senescence which turns off the genes responsible for growth. Okay, cool. So we all have to stop growing eventually. Yeah, exactly. All good things must come to an end. But what makes my peak stand at five foot four and yours at six foot one? Why can't we all achieve equally incredible heights as you, Jess Bodie? Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> so. Researchers have found that what largely determines a person's peak stature is their DNA, a hundred percent of which we inherit from our biological parents. Aside from genetics, environmental factors like proper nutrition and modern healthcare can impact height. Still, genes take on the lion's share of the work. A study done in 2000 and published in the journal Behavior Genetics looked at the heights and genetic makeup of 8,798 pairs of adult twins in Finland and found that genes accounted for 78% of eventual height in men and 75% in women. Even so, predicting height based on how tall a person's biological parents are isn't so clear-cut. Hundreds of genes likely influence height. In fact, a study from 2018 found more than 500 height-related genes. Researchers surmise that these bits of code influence how our bones produce new cells, but the exact mechanisms have yet to be pinned down. Some doctors use a formula that takes into account the heights of both parents to predict the eventual stature of their biological child. For boys, the formula combines the height of both parents, adds 5 inches, and divides by 2. For girls, it combines the height of the parents, subtracts 5 inches, and divides by 2. Though the equation can be fairly accurate, it was actually within a half an inch of my own personal height, it does have its limitations. For one, the population pool wasn't very diverse, and it was also based on heights folks reported themselves. Come on, who hasn't lied about their height, especially when you feel you are being judged for it? Yeah, I definitely over-exaggerated my height for the stat sheet when I played volleyball back in the day. Um, but that equation stuff is interesting. I did the math for my height, and I should technically only be 5'8". Wow, Jess, you truly exceeded expectations. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not totally unheard of. In studies using that formula, the numbers didn't add up in about 10% of cases. 
So you not unheard of, but you are rare, Jess. And that's where our holes in the scientific understanding of height become obvious. Some people also wonder if humans, on average, will continue to grow taller. So, human height has remained steady since we broke off from Homo erectus about 2 million years ago, but over the past 300 years, the average human height has increased by about 3 centimeters, but that's due to better nutrition, not evolution. Fortunately, our understanding of genetics and our ability to analyze whole genomes is getting better and better. While we still haven't nailed down how every gene that influences height works, over the past few decades, scientists have identified rare mutations that have extreme effects on height, such as the FGFR3 gene, which causes a condition called achondroplasia and extremely short stature. There's also the FBN1 gene, which causes Marfan syndrome and leads to excessive height and equally excessive and dangerous organ growth. By studying the mechanisms through which these extremes work, we might be better able to understand the processes that lead to normal growth as well. Untangling the relationships between genomes could also transform how we treat diseases. For example, genetic variations causing short stature may also make it more likely for someone to develop coronary artery disease, according to a 2015 New England Journal of Medicine study. And if we are able to pin down certain variations more precisely, then in the future, genome editing techniques like CRISPR, which can correct faulty genes for things like sickle cell anemia and other diseases caused by genetic mutations, might make it easier to treat growth disorders. Though, of course, I think it's important to add that although human height exists on a bell curve with the average folks at the top of that curve and the shortest and the tallest at the fringes, there is no such thing as an ideal height. Every height variation has its advantages from being able to reach that spice in the top cabinet to always having ample legroom on long flights. There is no ideal body. That's such a great point. Society puts so many expectations on you based on your height, but that shouldn't be at all. Humans of all heights are totally valid, and it's so fascinating to hear about how we may have ended up at the heights we are. Um, so yeah, thanks, Claire. Of course. Got a question for the editors of Popular Science? Send an email to ask at popsci.com. Ask Us Anything is produced by the editors of Popular Science. This episode was written and reported by me, Claire Maldarelli, with extra reporting help from Molly Glick and additional editing and audio engineering by Jess Bodie. Big thanks to Billy Cadden for writing our theme song and to Katie Belloff for creating our logo. If you like our show, consider rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. It helps us a lot. For more PopSite audio content, be sure to check out our sibling podcast, The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. I'm Claire Maldarelli. Thanks for listening.